0: hey everyone welcome back to new and Nerdworthy. uh this is our spoiler filled review of shang chi which is appropriately titled the legend of the hotel california and if you guys have seen the movie you'll appreciate that and if you haven't uh, seen this the movie
1: is... why are you still listening
0: or you know you can listen to it but then you definitely just go see the movie but you know that's neither here nor there this is tanner this is ian and welcome in we're going to jump right in we've got a lot of content to cover with this movie um we'll give you a quick refresher of our scores i did something that i, I don't i know that i've never done on the podcast that uh you know maybe i'll catch some heat for for me because he's got some bones to pick apparently <laughs> with this movie um but i gave this movie a a solid 10 and we're going to get into why but uh, just to remind folks uh i think so highly of this movie it it was uber impressive um culturally significant I, I don't know that for where we are right now that we could have kicked off i'm calling this to kick off to phase four because like that's what it is i mean it really i don't is. know that we could have, i don't know that we could have done a better job so yeah
1: and you know for the most part i actually do agree because
0: yeah my score
1: is um, astronomically lower than Tanner's by a whopping 0. 0.4. Um, I'm giving this movie a 9.6. Um, there are just a couple minute things that I wasn't a huge fan of. Like, and they're incredibly minute things that have no real bearing on whether this movie is good or not. Uh, if you've listened to our uh Past week in review that was up uh, just the other day, which you should do, please. And thank you. Uh, we talked about um, a number of things, especially related to the box office. We're going to stay away from that a little bit. The numbers in the past couple of days haven't been updated, so we're actually just going to dive right into the story itself here. Um, but the first thing that I thought maybe we would talk about is the language of it all. Um, this movie is unapologetically Asian, and yep. is the best the best version of itself that it could possibly be is was to do that, right? That was the best way for it to become the best possible version of itself. Um, this movie starts right off the bat with Chinese language and subtitles. So if you don't like to read subtitled films, Probably shouldn't see it. Um, I would argue if you don't like subtitled films, you should see it anyway and suck it up. Uh, and agreed, because it adds. It it really does. It adds so much to the movie. The fact that they do this, it adds so much. In my, I mean, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I I can't. I hundred percent agree. I think if I I thought about this on the second viewing, um, as I was watching it. I think if they would have spent the entire movie in English, it would have taken me out of the movie yeah. uh, more than, well, it didn't take me out of the movie at all, but you know what I'm saying? Like I would have been more taken out of the movie knowing that these characters are, you know, representing Chinese culture. They're in, you know, presumably China somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like heavily influenced with, with uh, Chinese, uh, cultural references and, and, and settings. The
2: mythology. It doesn't make yeah. Sense.
0: yeah. It doesn't make sense for characters that are large, you know, that are Chinese to speak anything other than, you know, Chinese. And exactly. that's exactly what they did. Right. Um. So, and I think this, this is kind of like, for me, not only the language to jump, but to your point, Ian, it's not just apologetically Asian and Chinese in the, you know the the this the speech right, right. but it's unapolog- uh, unapologetically you know Asian culture from jump to the end right There's right. yeah huge mythological um, mm-hmm. pieces that and, and and beasts that they bring in we'll talk about that are a hundred percent straight off like an Asian uh, you know Asian culture references and and, mm-hmm. and to me that's why this movie is so successful yeah and what it does. Mm-hmm. Because it's unapologetically itself,
1: right? Absolutely, and I mean Black Panther did this too. Like uh, this isn't yeah. to, this isn't in any way for us to belittle Black Panther in any shape, way, shape, or form. You know, you might argue that this movie doesn't exist without Black Panther um, coming before it. Uh, yeah. But um, one of the other things that it does, you know, not just from well, actually, I mean, it is part of the language, part of uh, piece of this, but. Um, while being unapologetically Chinese, it is also unapologetically Chinese American and it, and it investigates and navigates that world of being uh, Chinese and being Chinese American, being an immigrant. Um, And one part of that is um, the code switching. And if anybody doesn't know, that's like not just code switching in terms of moving back and forth between like Chinese language and, um, and English, but like code switching in that you're navigating how to act when you are around people of different cultures, right? Like uh, in the movie, right. Aquafina's character, Katie and Sean uh, at that point in time, not Sean, it was Sean at that moment. Uh, they act and behave differently around like Katie's parents and especially his, uh, her grandmother, right. Or when they're in China, then they do, um as you know other americans right it's that code switch that is not just the language but the behavior and they do that incredibly well here and one uh my favorite example of this and i actually this is one of the things that i learned that i didn't know before and you know i try to be as up with you know as you know i I try to immerse myself in you know different cultures different for different things right um But I was listening to uh, Brandon Davis's podcast uh, 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 just a few days ago, actually on my way back from uh, my co-host's house. I was listening to this (laughs) Um, and he had Destin Daniel Crenton, the director and uh, Simu Liu. Uh, They were both on the podcast, which was huge for him. That's awesome. But they were, they mentioned um, Ronnie Chang's uh, line about speaking ABC and when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's really funny calling the English language ABC. <laughs> that's a really funny thing. But that's actually a term. They, they were talking about how that's actually a term that like Chinese people will use for Chinese Americans. And so like when he's saying that, hes he, he speaks Chinese American, too. Because that was after Katie talks about how her Chinese is a little rusty from, you know, she's americanized in in some way shape or form right uh and so i just thought that that was a really cool thing to learn because they throw it in there and because it is so unapologetically that culture they don't feel obligated whatsoever to explain what that means to us as an audience and they shouldn't like that should no, be something no. we have to learn <clears throat> as i did right i i just thought i just thought it was a really cool thing to not only learn but a cool thing that they just added in there
0: yeah and i think the the other thing that you hit on right there is it not only deals with, you know, the American, the, the Asian American experience in the United States. Mm -hmm. It also deals with the, the American, Asian American experience in China, right? Right. There is a, there is a different, like Katie's character, like Shang-Chi gets away with it because he is, you know, much more comfortable within the Asian culture itself. Mm -hmm. At least that's how it's portrayed. I, I, in my opinion, on the screen because he is, he's grown up there. Right. You know, he's fully immersed in the culture. He, he, he's fluent in the language right. where Katie can understand Chinese doesn't speak Chinese. And so there is this disconnect between uh, the culture when, when they're in actually in China and her mm-hmm. as an Asian American versus, you know, somebody like Shang who's grown up in the culture, understands it can fit in, in, in the culture, right. Where his experience is a little more, you know, from as an immigrant into the United States. So you mm-hmm. get, you get kind of both sides of the coin, right? Uh, with, with Sean and with Katie, because, you know, Sean tells the story about the, the experience he has at school when he's about to get beat up, right? Because the kid calls him Gangnam style. Yeah. He says, I'm not Korean, you idiot. Yeah. And then, you know, so you get the, you get the feel of both the, the immigrant perspective from, you know, China to the United States. Mm -hmm. And that experience, and you also get the, you know, born and raised in the United States as an Asian American going to China, how that's different, you know, a different experience, you know, Mm -hmm. for these characters. And I think that's why this movie exceeds expectations for Mm -hmm. me, because you see both of those perspectives and you get a better feel for what those perspectives are and how it is different, right? I mean, you it's, it's, it's bizarre that we get into these like, you know, racial things to me because like, it's just mm-hmm. like, it's the same experience no matter which way you go. Um, right. You know, we're all trying, we're all the same people, but it is different. It is different for me to get that different perspective and right. for them to be unapologetic and explore it. I loved it. Right. So, e-
1: exactly. Um, and yeah. you can see actually, I mean, you can just straight see evidence with this. If you look at the release of this film, Right. In China, they are not particularly happy about this. About some of the things going on with this movie, right? They they are they're not happy with some of the comments that Aquafina has made, um, and even some of the comments that uh, Simu has made. Um, and because of that, I mean, I think we mentioned this in the last one. There isn't a there isn't a release date for this movie in China, and I don't know if there is going to be despite the fact that, you know, one of the most famous Chinese actors of all time is in this and with Tony Leung and one of the most respected Chinese actresses of all time. And Michelle Yeoh is also in this. Um, and even still, this, this movie might not, might not ever release in theaters in in China because yep. of that same dynamic that we're talking about right now.
0: Yep. But yeah, I mean, I, again, I thought, the character development between those two and that, and the exploration of their experiences, mm-hmm. um, or huge, huge positives in this movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad we get to see it. So, uh, you know, I think that's big thumbs up on, on that aspect of the film for me. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I, you know, we don't want this, this conversation to be, you know, this deep the whole time, I guess. So I guess, I guess we can get into the, to the marvelness Ness of, the, of, uh, of the movie, right? I guess that is what <laughs> right. this this uh, show is supposed to be about. Um, but since we were talking about the relationships, I kind of want to jump around a little bit. And I'd like to start with the relationship between Katie and Sean. Like we talked about yeah. it a little bit from like a cultural standpoint, but I actually, one of the absolute positives of this film, like if you were to rank the positives for me up near or at the very top is Aquafina's character, Katie. Um, almost every single Marvel movie up to this point has got that sidekick character, whether it is a male or female. It doesn't, you know, that we won't get into that. But it ha- we have that sidekick, and sometimes that sidekick is the love interest. Right? This one kind of plays with that idea a little bit, and this is the first time that that you know, quote unquote, sidekick character is. Number one, fully fleshed out in the way that Aquafina's character is, but also incredibly vital to the story. Yep. Right? I mean, spoiler alert, obviously, without Katie, Shang and Shailene probably die at the end there, right? And, the, and the great that, protector yeah. probably dies. Yep. I mean, she shoots the arrow through the thing's throat and kills it. I mean... And then you get the cool spinning rings, you know, we'll get into that a little bit, but you know what, but I, I just think that the, the treatment of her character, no, I'm, I've, I've actually always, I know some people don't like Aquafina that much. I've always been, a. I, I think she's hilarious. Um, and I've seen a couple movies where she's like blown me away with her acting chops too. But I think this was probably one of the, like my favorite performance of hers that I've seen before.
0: Yeah, see, I'm actually the opposite. I, I genuinely find Aquafina's characters, you know, the, the stereotypical, you know, loud, obnoxious, like I, I guess, but mostly based on Crazy Rich Asians, where she calls herself the Asian Ellen, right? Like
2: mm-hmm.
0: that character, while great comedic relief, doesn't do anything for me, right? And like, I just, to me, she has never been somebody that I particularly like sought out because of her. You know her her acting ability or anything, um, but what she does in this movie I thought was for me the most the best performance that I've seen her uh, have in terms mm-hmm. of the movies I've seen her in. Yeah. Um. And and I and I actually cared about the character because again I was afraid I was going to be off put by Aquafina and just her normal, you know, goofy. Yeah. You know, this is a character that you stick in for comedic relief and doesn't really mean anything. And and I'll be honest, I, I went in thinking that she was going to end up being like a a Christine Palmer or right. Natalie Portman. That's right. What, yeah. Where it's just like exactly you know, they hang around, they they they're there, they're they're there to support their love interest, and mm-hmm. that's that's kind of it. So to your point, I think their dynamic is great. It's kind of this the whole movie it's the will they won't they and it is. I guess they kind of don't. Like, I don't know. It's a it's a They don't ever like make out or nothing, but you know. Well, uh,
1: and that's that's the question (laughs) that I actually had. Like, this is the first time. Like, there are very clear moments of you know they talk about how they were they've been friends since they were like ten years old or whatever, and they like they've been in each other's lives from the moment they were both in America, right, or the moment that uh, Sean was in America, but. You know there are some definite moments of where it looks like there is there is at least the potential for something more than a best friendship in that relationship, and I think this is this is cool because you know you know just using Doctor Strange as as an example, it's it's evident from the get go that those two like each other, right? It's it's evidence from you know the moment you see them both on screen together. And so I think this is cool because it will, it is something that will play out over the course of his, you know, series of films. Um, And then at the same time, with Aquafina's character, they make it evident that we should care about this character in the grand scheme of Marvel, not just Shang-Chi which I think is also cool because in the grand scheme of Marvel of the cinematic universe, nobody cares about Christine Palmer. Right. Uh, we're going, we're we're going to probably care about Natalie Portman's character, but up to this point, she is inconsequential to the MCU. Right. Uh, Other than finding one of the, of being the unfortunate person that finds one of the infinity stones. Um, But the, the, in this one, it is different. At the end, when Wong comes to get them, right? It's it's not Shang Chi come with me, Aquafina, you stay where you are. We don't need you. It's both of you come with us. Uh, right. And I think yeah. that that's important, right?
0: Yeah, that hints at a larger MCU future. Now it's 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 interesting, right? Because we don't really have any basis to know what exactly she's going to be Mm -hmm. um, or like what her role will be. But uh, you know, I don't, again, this is one of those, my personal preferences aside, like I said, I'm not the the biggest or hadn't been the biggest Aquafina fan in the world. You don't hire Aquafina to, to be a nothing character. Right. Although I guess I would have said that about Natalie Portman and uh, Rachel McAdams too. And I, and I think they're changing both of those from what we understand, but like, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It just seems like it would be a big whiff to not use a character that to me uh, stole the scenes that she was in, Mm -hmm. you know, was still funny, but had purpose, you know, that she had an actual real motivation, Mm -hmm. purpose, you know, entire character arc, total character building, you know, she's this, this, you know, stereotypical underachieving Asian kid that who her parents want her to be something more right and right. she owns it and 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 you go on that journey with her and, and for her to find purpose and meaning you know i would hate for them to throw a character like that away and i don't think exactly. they will based on uh what we saw so yeah i mean i i don't think i have any more to add to what you're saying i i i <laughs> I, I was just pleasantly surprised right. at how much i enjoyed aquafina's performance yeah. and, and that dynamic because like i said i was very afraid that this is going to be a a, a Jane Foster situation. Right. I'm glad that it wasn't because she does have meaning, purpose, full character arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and to know your
1: point, they can do whatever they want with this character right. because she's not a and she's not a Marvel Comics character. Uh, but also, okay. she, it's it was cool because they used her affinity for humor, like Aquafina's affinity for humor, as part of her character's development right she she behaves the way she does because of you know the insecurities that the character does have um and I think I thought that was a really unique way to use you know her ability to be to be a funny character um but yep. you know all of this to say do you do you think they're that do you think that that will they won't they will go to a will they <laughs> or will it go will it lead to a we'll just be friends?
0: Well, that uh, Simu uh, uh Shang says that they're just friends. Uh I I don't know. Like that doesn't seem realistic to me. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't think know. eventually eventually you're going to have to have a love interest like everybody does. Right. And and that's I think it would actual. actually be
1: funnier if she ended up as like Zha Ling's love interest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although I I can't I can't figure out what Xiaoling's motivations are at this point. Um, I really can. You we'll know what?
1: Uh, With you know, let's just go ahead and jump into Xiaoling right let's, now. Let's do it because so, yeah, well,
0: go ahead. I was just
1: going to say, because the one of my, uh, again, one of my other favorite things about this movie is that yes, this movie is called Shang Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. Right. But it could have just as easily been Zha Ling and the legend of the 10 rings. She is, you know, she, she proved she's a better fighter. She whooped his ass in that arena. Yep. Right. Um, And she is, you know, she gets her superhero costume at the end, just along with Shang, and then she is out there riding a damn dragon and kicking ass, just as Shang Chi does. The only the only difference is that Shang is the one who gets to pick up the rings at the end, right? That's that's really the only difference between the two of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I guess to set the stage a little bit, right? She. So she is Shang's sister. Yep. Um, she is born and and pr- is fairly relatively young when when his when their mother dies. Yes. Um, and at that point, that's when when Wu kind of goes off the deep end and starts uh, right. training Shang, and and she's not allowed to train mm-hmm. with the boys because that's you know old right. school Win Wu. We'll get into him a little bit yep. because he goes back away, so he's. You know, old and school, traditional. Old,
1: oh, yeah, as I was gonna say, old school, that's another cultural thing thrown in there, too.
0: Yep, yep. So she basically trains herself to be a badass, mm-hmm. and she is a badass. She, you know, purchases and, and runs a an underground fighting ring where she somehow gets abomination and Wong to show up every once in a while to punch <laughs> each other in the face. And sounds like widows. A, yeah, yeah, which sounds like, and somebody with extremists, I think. Yeah, like,
1: somehow still like, has that going on.
0: Yeah, I mean what what a legend. I mean she it could be the legend of Zayling, you know, like like that's fine I, with me. We could do that all day. Um but yeah, I mean it's an interesting character because like like I said, I'm reading the, the Shang-Chi comic right now, and in the comic she's a bit younger. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, like ten or eleven, twelve, something oh, like that. Oh, okay. I, and, I didn't realize she was that. Shang, young. Yeah, Shang's a little bit older. Right. She's more of like a, a mercenary at that point, like okay. a girl in that comic a little bit. Um, that's what, where she's kind of coming off of. So mm-hmm. it was interesting to see because she still obviously has the scars from the, the relationship and, and it's not like her and Sean are like best buds either. Right. Um, but I think that makes an interesting dynamic throughout the the movie, right? Because it's clear to me and it's clear to the audience, right? That her and Sean aren't, you know, on the same page, but they both understand what a bad dude their father is. Um, and that makes their interactions a little quirky together because they're not like eye to eye on everything. And I think that makes everything between those two that much more fun. Right. Cause it's not just some like, Oh, we love each other. We're going to get along great. And you know, we're going to fight our dad. It's, there's still some animosity there. You see it throughout because, you know, Sean yeah. had left her, um, you know, when they were kids and moved to the, like ran away to the United States when she was still really, really young. Yeah. And so uh, basically she is like the, the epitome of I am woman, hear me roar yeah. throughout the entire movie. And I, and i I love the character Yeah, and somebody that I, I guess I really didn't anticipate, you know, caring as much about as I did. Right. Um, or caring you know
1: or I, carrying as much of the film as she did.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you knew she was probably going to be in it. I just didn't right. realize how big of an impact she was going to have.
1: I didn't either. And then, yeah.
0: And then the question is like, you knew her motivations through the movie were kind of like, yeah, let's stop dad. Mm-hmm. But it was never so much like anti the 10, what the 10 rings were doing. Mm-hmm. And then we see her at the end, you know, taking over the 10 rings and, and it's still an interesting, like, what is the dynamic here? or Where yeah. is she, what is her motivation mm-hmm. to like take over the 10 rings and what are they going to become right under, That's- under her?
1: that's a big thing. So is this like, you know, is, is this just, you know, a global version of her fight club now, right. or is this, is she picking up where her dad left off in terms of terrorism? Uh, you know, it, it, it begs it, it. There's a big question mark there. You know, we see her training a bunch of female warriors there at the end or a bunch of her female warriors training, which, you know, is a clear step up for the 10 rings organization for employment in the 10 rings. That's a clear <laughs> step in the right, in the right direction. Um, but
0: I am very curious to see equality. where that goes.
1: It, it does. I am. I, I think it, to me, it seems like there's too much. And we see it there at the end when she's taking a look at that drawing of her mother. I think there is too much of mom there in both of them. Not, you know, but we're talking about Xylene specifically here for her to be truly evil with that organization. But I could see the scenario in which Shang is not happy with some of the things that she does with the organization moving forward.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's kind of bizarre to me too, because it's not a hundred percent clear to me what the motivations of the Ten Rings was beyond Win Wu trying to get the Talo, right? Like right. we don't really like there was never really uh like an explanation as to like, you know, why were they in Afghanistan capturing Tony Stark or like something yeah. like that? Right. They, like there's no clear motivation as an organization to me yet, because again, we've got to remember that the 10 rings and Trevor Slattery, right. And we'll talk about him in a minute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the 10 rings and Trevor Slattery, that's not a thing. So like their extremist motivation, their terrorist motivation, not really applicable to this organization. Right. I mean, that's, they make that clear that they they're that's not what they're right about. Right. The focus of win Wu and the 10 rings throughout the entire movie was to find Talo and bring and bring back uh, their, his wife and, and their mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's kind of amorphous to me at this point, like one, what was the organizational motivations? And then like, what are they now?
1: You know, and, maybe and he, really, maybe he was seeking that Jericho missile to, uh, <laughs> get himself into and in, get himself into tallo somehow
0: yeah yeah maybe I, I mean
1: i don't i i, 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 I say I, I have no idea because i mean he they I mean they clearly set it up he clearly called for the abduction of tony stark right i so, bet like it is it is interesting because the movie doesn't and it's fine you know I, it cares more about family but the movie doesn't care about that it doesn't It it, it doesn't care enough about the Ten Rings organization um, to explain any of that. Um, So part of me is like, you know, that's fine. I don't need that explanation. That that that's cool with me. But I am gonna wonder that. Just like yeah, we're talking
0: about. To your point, it also doesn't care about the rest of the MCU like at all. Right. Exactly. And and that's what I loved about this movie. This movie was so self-contained. Other than a few, you know, references, Mm -hmm. one like a couple characters like minor characters. And that's about it. Like, Mm -mm. um, and that's, you know, I think that's the point right now we've got this franchise that can really bloom Mm -hmm. and kind of do whatever it wants with the 10 rings and kind of refresh and reset that, uh, and, and go from there. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited to see what the future is. I just don't, anybody that's watching this for answers as to why the 10 rings was doing what they were doing. Right. You're not going to get a lot of that. They, They kind of explain it off as like a, They're just like this organization that's involved in like doing bad shit.
1: And you know, and that's fine with me. I mean, this is very clearly a new beginning for the MCU. So why dredge up all the stuff that's happened beforehand? The only time the past should ever be mentioned is if it's revolving around a character who existed in these, in the previous phases or characters who existed in the previous phases. I'm not interested, you know, I understand that Eternals has to have that connection right to, to Thanos and what happened there, but I'm not interested in connecting the Eternals to every single event that it took, that took place in the MCU up to that point. I don't care about that. Obviously. Yeah. We, we, it has to connect to Endgame, and especially with its, you know, original release date, it should have connected the end to end games. It was supposed to come out, you know, what seems like a millennia ago. Yeah. Um, but for this movie, I'm I'm I would have been even hap- I might have even been happier with less connection. Um, yeah. But we did get connection, so we probably should talk about them. Uh, so we'll head to that arena there for a few minutes. Um, that arena was just chock full of Easter eggs. Um, the spiky mask not not being one of them. Um, For any of you who have seen the movie, that was probably one of my one of the funniest moments for me is when Aquafina's character is like, oh, I like your mask. (laughs) And and the guy and the guy in the mask speaks back (laughs) and cracked me up. I don't know why I just that that moment cracked me up. But when they're walking through the arena, right, we do see some MCU um, callbacks, um, one of which is a callback to just a couple months ago. Um, and we see one of the widows that Black Widow set free in uh, in her movie just a few months ago, and she is fighting in one of the one of the pits in this in this fighting uh, arena.
0: One of the cheap matches,
1: yeah, one of the cheap matches, right? And he's <laughs> and she's fighting and it looks like winning against uh, another MCU callback with the extremist soldier, um, right? Not sure how. Number one, I'm not sure how Extremis still exists. Number two, I'm not sure if that person was given Extremis way back in Iron Man three. I'm not sure how that person is still alive, um, yeah. but it they was still cool to see. Record. So I don't really give a shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that was uh, that was the one scene where I knew I had to be like looking around for Easter eggs. Exactly. You, you found a couple, and then mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the big ones that we need to talk about was, was the the abomination versus Wong fight. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, like as a, as a traditional, like Hulk is one of traditionally one of my favorite characters. I, I identify as someone who is always angry. I, I am always <laughs> angry. Uh, you know, I I, 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 there's just different levels of rage in my day. So it, it, you know, good days are just small amounts and bad days are all amounts. So Hulk, Hulk is somebody that I can identify with and understand. Um, And so as, as a relation, I'm obviously a big abomination fan. I didn't actually mind, uh, abomination, the abomination portrayal in, uh, the incredible Hulk. Yeah. I I did not mind it either. It's not my favorite, but like, you know, the, the movie's not that great. And I, you know, that, that was not the, the problem with the movie for me. No. Um, but to actually get an abomination, like, like a more comic accurate, uh, look at abomination with
1: some goblin ears.
0: Yeah. you got the goblin ears. He, he, you know, he's got that kind of like swamp creature feel to him. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's definitely green
1: mm-hmm.
0: instead of that like weird beige color. Yeah. Uh, like the puke and, color. And, <laughs> right. Right. And th- so he was awesome. And I, uh, and I love that he was only in it for a quick minute because it doesn't right. oversaturate everything. Um, I thought it was funny that Wong made him punch himself in the face and then him and Wong end up being like buddies Mm-hmm. I think the one question I have for you though, Ian is like what the hell like where the hell did he put him? Like it, it looked to me like Wong had like broken him out of some containment cell and then it just like they were both cool and they were just walking him back into the containment cell, but like I don't know. But the
1: thing is it I mean it doesn't even look like he broke him out of it. It looks like he just yeah. gets him out of it. Like that's just where he right. usually is. But also, you know, if they're training him, why does he need a containment cell? Would be another right. question. Yeah. Um what the hell is he training him for? Be another question. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's been the rumor for a long time and you know, we kind of got more confirmation. We've gotten a couple confirmations of this, you know, once in uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then once again in Black Widow uh and post credit scene we get we we were everyone is fairly certain we're going to see Thunderbolts, right? Um yep. and everyone kind of assumed that was where we would see abomination but i have a hard time believing that wong will also be associated with thunderbolts um so another thing another team that immediately popped into my mind uh was the midnight
0: sons yeah and and we know that they're laying the groundwork for it at least
1: right and Um, wong at least in the most recent mini series of midnight sons it was wong was at the at the helm of that team
0: yeah i mean it, it's it's weird and and I'll, I'll go back and and you correct me if i'm wrong on this but like there was also a, a marvel one shot with colson and ross where they were talking about in vague terms about either hulk or abomination and that like ross had them under Yes. You know, under lock. He was under uh, like lock and key. key. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it would be curious to see if like, that's still the case. Cause then that is th- like thunderbolts, right? If, right. If Ross has still got abomination kind of like locked away and, and maybe they've just hired Wong to like train him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that's kind of where my mind went was, is this the facility that they were talking about having right. either Hulk or abomination and presumably mm-hmm. abomination, like locked up in in that one shot. So,
1: and another thought I that I that I had, you know, everyone's thinking Thunderbolts, but what if this team, led by led by uh, Valentina, is the Secret Avengers? Um, right. You know this this kind of covert ops Avengers team. You know, different from Thunderbolts. Being you know, being that you know Thunderbolts is more of your Suicide Squad secret Avengers is still heroes. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think more than most Marvel movies, this, this movie creates questions that are not answerable. Right. Yeah. I, um, guess, I mean,
0: that would fit because they did try to redeem John Walker way too fast. And so right. maybe that's the, the play here.
1: And it, you know, Florence Pugh's character is not a villain, not a
0: villain. No. Right. So, and yeah. is Ghost, I guess, if you're.
1: I mean. In the grand scheme of things, yeah, if they use her, which they absolutely should. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's not either. So. Despite, I mean, not by the end of that movie, anyway.
0: Yeah. No, I don't I'm know. But, but. So and then yeah, at that they, point,
1: it, it asks you, it begs the question of what do you do with Zemo?
0: Yeah. Where, like, he's kind of the like, oddball. Like,
1: right. So what is what is Zemo yeah. doing? Um, Whatever
0: he wants, man. He's, he's a Baron.
1: <laughs> he's a he's a baron he's rich yep uh but also you know in probably one of the most heavily guarded places in all of the world so good luck getting out of a wakandan jail um yeah you know,
0: I you know think it, the, they took him to the raft oh did they yeah they took oh, him okay. to the raft. okay yeah yeah so but, but yeah, uh, yeah. That, that fighting that fighting arena scene i mean Again, we get, we get the fight between, uh, Sean and his sister, which was awesome. Uh, you know, that's kind of like their, their first meeting since they were, they were kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but what that, that fight scene really leads to is kind of our first look, you know, in action, I'll say of, of some characters that we thought maybe we'd see a little bit more of, Mm -hmm. or at least one in my mind. Mm -hmm. And that was, and that was death dealer. Yep. Um, so they basically, what happens after that is, uh, you know, the the fighting arena gets broken into by the Ten Rings, and you know, Razor Fist and Death Dealer show up, and you know, whatever, and and Simu and Death Dealer have one of the the coolest choreographed fights. You know, right after he's fighting off everybody on the mm-hmm. the bamboo shoots on the outside of a sixty story building or something. Some, some nice rush hour um,
1: two callbacks.
0: Yeah. So that, to me, that was when you know earlier in the movie obviously we got the bus scene with with razor fist and, mm-hmm. and that was awesome but like to me i thought the 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 choreography between uh, in the fight between death dealer yes and simu was was probably one of my favorite like hand-to-hand combat yeah. fights of, of the whole movie
1: yeah and i mean i think it's one of my favorite hand-to-hand combat fights in the mcu beforehand you know that that uh the freeway scene between the winter soldier and captain America was probably my favorite before that. But this one, this one might take that. Um, just the fact that, you know, that is actually Simu doing the, doing that, that quickly along with, you know, the actor behind death dealer. It's absolutely incredible, which is part of the, why part of the reason why, um, I'm so disappointed by the character, by the result of the death dealer character. Um, after that fight, which Shang very clearly wins and almost kills the guy before Win Woo steps in, um, we, you know, we, we get to Talo, whatever, you know, some stuff happens. We'll talk about that. Uh, but death dealer just gets his soul taken by the, by the soul suckers. Um, and that's the end of Death Dealer, which I thought was very unemotional considering the fact that, you know, there is very clearly a, a in, in my mind anyway, a there is very clearly a block in Shang-Chi's mind that is, you know, that block, that wall is inhabited by the Death Dealer and the basic, like the torture that that dude put Shang through as a kid. Um I was hoping for more of an emotional payoff to that character's exit.
0: Yeah, see I actually took it as more of a he was kind of the like setting the tone for what the soul suckers were about, right? Yeah. Like because you know this character is a badass because right. he the hand-to-hand combat with with Shang and you see him beating up Shang, you know, mm-hmm. or training him, but like, you know, whipping him. Um and so you know he's 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 the real deal, mm-hmm. and then the the little creature dude just f- flies on down, rips his soul out, and everybody's like, uh, and, uh, "Yeah, there's a razor fist." Like, yeah, well, I guess we should we should team up, <laughs> right? I think to me, that's what Death Dealer's like purpose was. I don't right. like it. I I hear you, and I know that it's this, a this probably what I'm, I get it, yeah, but yeah, no. I mean, I think I think you're fair though, right? Like, I mean, if we're talking negatives here, like we can talk about. I didn't take any points off because I I just, it didn't affect me that much. But I think Mm -hmm. the three things that I've seen that are negatives are, you know, the death dealer was basically a nothing character, which it Mm -hmm. was razor fist was a nothing character, which he was. And that Katie like learns how to shoot a bow and arrow in five minutes. minutes (laughs) Yeah. I mean, those are the three things that I've seen. None of them killed it for me, but like, I understand what you're saying. Like the character is one of those like cool characters, it's like Boba Fett, right? Like yeah, when Boba Fett pops up on the screen for the first time, you're like, what the hell? Like, I want to see more of this character, but like, I mean, he was, he basically was Boba Fett. Like right. what Boba Fett was in, in, in star Wars. Right. He was just like this cool looking character that you can sell, you know, toys and shit about. And then yeah. like in terms of the actual story, like who cares?
1: I understand that you're right, but I hate it. <laughs> I just wanted it yeah, to be more, at least razor fist. Is still alive to maybe mean something later down the road.
0: Yeah, yeah. Razor know. fist, razor fist. For 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 those of you out there, you know, I didn't really care one yeah. way or another. He was in it. He was, he was a he was a perfect plot point. He's the big muscular, yeah, you know, Russian dude that you know has a machete for an arm. Like right. I don't know, like he's he got does, a he's he, got he a cool purpose. graffitied car. That thing was stupid. The badass
1: oh electric X3.
0: stop it stop it they've got all those like tanks in there and they take
1: the freaking freaking, uh they take the product placement (laughs) uh you know and bmw must have must have shelled out or you know because you get that you get that m4 uh competition at the beginning of the movie and then you get the X the electric X3 that's not even released yet,
0: and they stole a BMW in Black Widow too.
1: Y'all, they did. That
0: was an X3m, wasn't well, it? Yeah. What well, and the car too? They stole. They stole uh, the BMW. They the two series. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: You know, it's it's yeah. it seems like lately it's either Hyundai or BMW in these movies. They've even Protect got Loki in BMW the BMW. Right.
0: At all costs. <laughs>
1: Because I don't have the a Marvel, Marvel w- the, so. the Marvel characters are on their way for it, but you know if Marvel if a Marvel character wants to show up and steal IBMW, I'm going to let that happen.
0: Yeah, I just got a fucking Volkswagen. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. So, when Wu, right? He shows up. He rips Shang off of the Death Dealer before he does some more damage. Um. And they go back to the the compound, the 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 Ten Rings compound, and we get some more some quiet moments. Um, and I think that's another thing that this movie does really well. It blends those quiet moments with the action, so that even when the moments are quiet, it doesn't feel like a pacing issue ever. Um, it's just very it's it's incredibly well paced, in my opinion. Um, yes but we get a lot of really good information at the, co- at that compound. Um, that's where we first learn where we first get the idea that maybe when Wu isn't all, isn't as evil as we think that he is. And it, and it forces you to ask that question of, is he lying through his teeth or is he actually hearing the voice? um, which is immediately what I'm thinking he, when he says that, I'm like, all right, Shang, let's let, Shang and Jialin, let's not fall for that bullshit, right? But then you find out that he is actually hearing a voice, which just makes the Wenwu character even more tragic. Um, but I I want to talk about that dinner scene there for a few minutes. Obviously, it's a tense scene and everything, but we do get some some and are only absolutely the only mention. Of the word Mandarin is at the dinner scene, and I think it's absolutely hilarious the way that they explain the character, of the Mandarin. He is ne- Wenwu is never referred to as the Mandarin except when he mentions it at the dinner table. He is Wenwu at every other point, and he talks about how the idea of the Mandarin was a com- the co- a complete facade. That you know created during Iron Man three right by the by the uh, by advanced idea mechanics right and the the guys behind Extremis and and Trevor Slattery and he makes fun of the name right he makes fun of it being a chicken dish and that everyone in America was scared of an orange and I, I thought that was absolutely hilarious.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of this because. For folks that don't know, uh, the the history of the character the Mandarin, right that that's yeah. a that is a stereotypical quagmire, right? Um, kind of like what the what happened with uh, the ancient one in Doctor Strange mm-hmm. for me, right? Like the Mandarin is a traditional like older Asian gentleman that plays into all the old you know old Asian stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, this, th- this, scene I thought was a little more powerful, uh, yeah. because it's kind of like him taking on this, you know, this stereotype, like them casting a stereotype of this, right. you know, old, you know, Asian, you know, weird wizard dude, you know, right. I don't know. Like, I just, I thought it was powerful that he kind of like laugh just laughs off that the they, they, yeah, like the stupidity off. of it. Yeah. And then you know, you kind of get to explore actually what like the badassness that he, he he is because this guy has been around forever. And and to me, one of my favorite lines of the whole movie is when he's talking to the the old dude in in Tallow and says, "You know, watch watch your mouth, young man." Yeah, and this guy's like a hundred years old, and he's like, "I've lived ten of your lifetimes. I've lived
1: ten like, of your lives." Yeah,
0: yeah, and mm-hmm. it was just like you you. But the dinner scene to me, that part of it's great, but it sets the tone for me to like get into villain, you know, ambitions and yes. and, and drives in, in a way that Marvel has not traditionally been very good at. No. Um, you know, a lot of times the villains are just like throw away, they just want to take over the world, whatever. This is not mm-hmm. what Win Woo is about, right? Win Woo, all he wants is to be back with his wife and restore his family. And I think a lot of people can identify with that and feel for the villain. And that's what makes Tony Liu so great in this movie, because he sells that to a T he kills the character because he puts you in that. Like, I know he's a bad guy, but he's not doing bad thing. He's doing bad things for good reasons. Right. Right. Like, motivations that i can understand that i mm-hmm. can appreciate um is he a bit extreme yes 100 percent. yeah but so is thanos and he's thanos is the best villain in the mcu mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. and to me this is probably two or three
1: yeah
0: um you know if you consider loki a villain i guess like
1: yeah I and mean, sylvie you know, maybe even too.
0: yeah but i mean killmonger to me is like probably yeah. the next best yeah um and then you, Tony Liu, Liu might take that but yeah. um, the, the dinner scene where you start to get the, the motivations understand where he's coming from uh, I'm like you I was like okay like he's just full of shit he's not hearing mm-hmm. a voice and then for them to, him to actually hear the voice then you're like no this character like really believes it and mm-hmm. because you're dealing with something that is that is a supernatural element to the movie that it could be true and so then my mind went like did these people in Talo actually put right. You know, their mom behind the wall. Like what the hell is it? Like what, what's going on? What's here? going
1: on. Right.
0: Yeah. And so like, you can hundred percent understand the motivations. And, and like I said, Tony Liu, like what a performance. I mean, to me, killed the character mm-hmm. made it convincing. Right. And, and it really shows you the, the tragedy of the arc because, you know, even for me, even throughout the whole, the, the whole movie, right. Like, I thought he would end up being like this like the, the bad dad. Right. Right. Like, like treats everyone like shit. Like, you know, whatever. That's not what he is. Like
1: exactly. We already have one of those names. Odin.
0: Right. Yeah. Like he pushes them and he probably does it in a fanatical way, but he's not like, he's not like angry at Sean. For leaving. Right. He's not like he, he said, I gave you 10 years. I knew exactly where you were. Like, I, I left you alone. He's not bitter about it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so it's hard to like really hate the guy. Cause you're like, you're like, eh, I get it. Like I get it. Uh, yeah.
1: and, then you, fanatic, and then you get to but- see the, the backs, his, the, in, in, the, his backstory just makes you love him even more. Right. The movie starts with him getting to the gate of Talo. Right. And meeting their mother. And you basically watch this, beautifully choreographed uh wire fighting sequence, like traditional wire fighting sequence. Um, and they basically fall in love with each other while they're fighting each other. And so it's this like meant to be sort of thing. And you see that he, she gave up her power, her, her power that, you know, the interdimensional Talo gave her um, and he gave up the 10 rings Right, and they were actually a family. We see them playing like Dance Dance Revolution, and like watching movies together, and being like an actual family. Like he gave up, not only you know the act, the literal Ten Rings. You know he put them away, but he also gave up the organization too. Right, it seems like he actually quit leading the Ten Rings. Um, and so you you immediately fear for for him. Then you know he made all the right choices. He did fix his life. He did start that family, right? He did fall in love. He did have kids that he loved and treated well and played with and all that crap. Uh, only until to have past it came right back and, and until himself. the past came back and bit him in the ass. And then when she's dead, he has a meltdown, which I mean, again, another relatable thing, right? Your significant other is brutally murdered because of you um you lose a significant other and it's your fault i think a lot of people in the audience can feel some some semblance of sympathy for that um so you know they just over and over again in this movie they make you more and more sympathetic for Wenwu's character even though we are watching him as the villain
0: yeah and and and, and it, they even give him proper motivation for because, like, my first thought was, okay, that's all great and good and whatever, but like, what's his beef with Talo, right? right. Like, and then they give it to you because they say, like, you come to find out that both Winwu and 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 and, the, and his wife and and that whole family, right? They wanted to move to Talo, and and they told him no because of Wu's past, and so he blames them because the only reason she's dead is because they wouldn't let them live in yes. Talo with them. Yeah, because they so, said he was unworthy. Again, right. So again, like motivations are there. Like yep. and, and that's what that's why I think this movie soars, right? Because you have a villain that is so convincing, that's motivations are like generally pure in my mm-hmm. mind. Like like they're 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 real. you yep. can understand them. And and then Tony Liu brings his his acting chops to it, and it just makes it takes it from a great character to one of the best. Uh, the, the MCU has ever done, in right. my opinion, hundred percent of a villain.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also worth mentioning that um, they make absolutely no mention, and rightly so. I mean, this is probably the number one black mark on the history of Marvel Comics. Uh, they make no mention of Shang-Chi's f- comic book father. Um, no. who was uh, ignorantly named Fu Manchu in the comics. Um, he was a leader of a criminal organization, um, but he was, he was literally the embodiment of just about every um, ignorant racial Asian stereotype um, that there are, that there is, and they make no mention of this and they absolutely shouldn't make any mention of it. because it is an absolute terrible thing that, Will continue to be a black mark of Marvel Comics forever, um, but I, I just think it's worth mentioning that that they they don't even touch that and there's and no. it, rightly so there's no re- there was no reason for them to touch it. Yep, yep. 100%, 100%. So uh, they have that dinner scene, right? Um, he kind of proves that he's not full of shit when he uses the pendants to um, activate the water dragon statue. Um, that shows them the way through the bamboo forest. Um, and then when Shang and Jialing uh, kind of refuse b- to help because their mother is dead. Um, he throws them in jail and we meet, we are reacquainted <laughs> with what, what used to be my least favorite, uh, aspect of the Marvel cinematic universe. And that is uh, Trevor Slattery. And I have to say, um, Destin, Daniel Cretton and team have uh, fully turned me around on Trevor Slattery because Ben, uh, Ben Kingsley is a uh, freaking awesome in this, in this movie as Trevor Slattery.
0: Yeah. Liverpool's, you know, favorite son, apparently <laughs> uh, he, it is his, this is why, like, I'm so glad they went a different direction with Aquafina because they took Ben Kingsley and they made him that stupid, right. uh, You know, comedic relief, mm-hmm. and 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 they found a way for him to do it that is absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. He is hilarious. Um, the fact that they made him basically the mouthpiece for for, for Norris, yep, like that is the funniest freaking thing. Yep, uh, and that like, he
1: was basically the 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 uh the wow the compounds like jester and was putting right. on performances god that right. they were hilarious. gonna kill him but then they right
0: they they, <laughs> they saw him do Macbeth, and then they <laughs> let him do a <laughs> so
1: so we get him right he's just as stupid and insane as he was in iron man 3 you know my least favorite marvel movie um but he is redeemed here as, as a character because he's well-written and well-acted here. Um, but <laughs> they go to escape, right? Jialing shows them a, the passage she took to escape when Shung never came back uh, for her. Like he promised that he would. Um, and they get to Talo. Um, you know, we, we get a, a cool action scene through the, through the bamboo forest. You know, it's all fun and good. Um, they and they arrive to the tall and they go through. I think uh, we should start by talking about that portal um, that they go through. It looks like the water version of yep. the ring, ring of the sling rings that Dr. Strange and Wong and all the other sorcerers use.
0: Yep. hundred um, percent. That was my first thought. It's a circle that spins, and yep. spits them out. And then I was like, well, that's kind of weird.
1: But um, they, they go right into it. You know, they go right into it. This is a whole, this is a new dimension. It, this yeah. is an interdimensional place. They don't pull the punches in telling you that. It's just right off the bat. It's like, yeah, this is a different dimension. Um, and in, the the, in this dimension, we see um, there are Pokemon in this dimension. Uh, we get some nine tails in this dimension. I just wanted to throw my Pokeball through the screen. Catch one. Um, gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all, right? But you know, they they just right off the bat, they're like, "Boom! You're in another dimension."
0: Yeah. So for me, if I were if I were to take points off, the one thing that I wish we would have gotten more of is just to see more of Talo, because yeah. what we saw of it was beautiful. You've got the the phoenixes flying around. Yeah. You've got the nine tails. You've got these like the traditional like Chinese Lion Guard, Mm -hmm. like statue monsters that were awesome. Yeah, I mean, everything about Talo was this interdimensional, traditional Chinese, like, uh, you know, throwback, you know, Chinese mythology, Mm -hmm. Chinese, like culture, and they bring it all to life. And it was so beautiful that I wish we would have gotten to see more. And again, maybe I'm a sucker because I'm a sucker for animals, but like, you know, seeing these mythical beasts and shit, like I was, you know i I was just sitting there stunned the whole time well because i mean gorgeous
1: and i was right there with you because you know i have that affinity for mythology and this pill this like just absolutely hits that love right there in the right there in the chest for me because you like you said we get to see all these mythological creatures and these um mythological topics but Another reason I wanted to see more of Talo was the description that we get of Talo from Michelle Yeoh who we meet there for the first time um when she is finally explaining to Jialing and Shang, why uh Wu is hearing the voice there is yeah. a gate there that the people of Talo def- like guard and defend because if the whatever is behind this door gets through it will come to our dimension the you know the earth dimension right and destroy the world so while she's explaining this we see that talo isn't just this village it's this whole like universe that has fully advanced cities and you know there's like skyscrapers and stuff uh, that's what i want that those are the answers i want And I'm sure we will get there um, with more of this side of the MCU. But that just had my curiosities booming, right? I want to know, you know, what else is here in this dimension is, you know, there's another pretty famous monastery um, in the MCU that is interdimensional, uh, is is is, is khan lung part of this dimension is is Kun lung another dimension you know in each in each of these dimensions is guarded by you know a, a serpent a dragon a dragon right we get to see the great protector here this water dragon in shang chi is you know uh the, the 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 um iron fist dragon is that shaolau uh,
0: shaolau the undying yes yeah
1: I think, I think that's the name. If I'm wrong, I apologize to all of Marvel and all of our listeners who trust me to know everything. I'm not an encyclopedia guys. I'm sorry, but that's, that's immediately where my head goes, right? I'm, I'm immediately thinking like, okay, is Kun Lun here. Like, uh, are we, are we going to get that eventually? Are we going to see, you know, does that lead to seeing maybe the, the MCU, the true MCU version of the hand, you know, all of these things start going through my head. Like, like, are we going to see an MCU non Finn Jones version of the oh, iron God, fist? Yes, soon? Please. Jesus. Um, but that's, that's where my head went immediately before it yeah. went somewhere else that we'll talk about in a second.
0: Yep. And you're hundred percent right on the name. So good job on you. Um, Killing I was, it. double checked it, but yeah, I, that, that, Just a, I, yeah,
1: I, I, I Guys, I will take that back a little bit. I am a Marvel encyclopedia. Boom. What? Boom. <laughs> Boom.
0: But yeah, I mean, I think that was, you know, kind of it's weird, right? Because the the, simul- the similarities between Talo and, and Kun Lun I think kinda lead us to believe maybe that this is the replacement of Iron Fist. Right. Um because right, the protector correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm not familiar with that being a bit either a big part or any part of the, the comic universe. That's kind of a new newer creation um, that they did for this movie. Right. It's not Fing Fung right. It's not uh, you know, it's not some established character that we know. So mm-hmm. again, uh, you know, I think you're right. Hopefully my hope is that this is exists in parallel with come one right. and isn't a replacement. I think they've kind of hinted that that could be the case because there are other interdimensional, you know, places. And right. so um, I'm with you. I'd like to see a non-Finn Jones version of Iron Fist because Finn Jones mm-hmm. can, you know, do whatever he wants. But please, just well, and there.
1: then they can actually dive into the culture around these different dimensions and the culture that they never touch on about like Shalal. The, the undying like the drag like maybe we'll actually you know because they'll actually have a budget that isn't just from Netflix maybe we'll actually right. see Lao the undying and see his transformation into the Iron Fist and maybe we'll actually get a chance to actually see and not just hear Lei Kung the Thunder and uh, like train like it's just all of these things that start running through my head of like the possibilities of where this can go on top of me already, being 1000% convinced that this is leading to Shang-Chi and the, and the agents of Atlas at some point. Yeah. Um, but just as my mind starts spinning around these things, Michelle Yeoh is still talking and she starts talking about what is behind that door. Right. And she starts talking about these things that feed on souls that are led by this, by this being that uh, eats and consumes and is powered by these souls. And, you know, I haven't been one of those people, one of those annoying people that's been saying Mephisto confirmed over and over and over again. But when she started talking about things, eating souls and this thing being powered and running on the souls of people, I'm like, Oh God, is this actually Mephisto (laughs) confirmed? (laughs) Like, I don't want to say it out loud, but like, this sounds like Mephisto guys.
0: Well, unfortunately you were wrong. Instead, what we get is a, <laughs> uh, is a, a beast called the dweller in darkness, yeah. uh, which turns which, out to okay, be, I, I
1: was actually, you know, once, once we got to that point, right. I was like, okay, is the dweller in darkness fin fang foom?
0: Right. That's where my mind went.
1: Yeah. The, I, my mind went there. Obviously this isn't true, which means it just opens the door for fin fang foom in the future, which please Marvel. Let's, let's get that. Let's make that happen too.
0: Right. So instead what the dweller in darkness is just a giant Kaiju dragon soul sucking thing that, Mm -hmm. uh, is basically just like a giant reincarnation of, of evil. Yep. And so we finally get to, you know, this is the point where we realize that, you know, uh, Tony Long is there. He's, he's trying, he thinks he's freeing his wife. He's really freeing the, the dweller in darkness. And essentially once the dweller in darkness consumes enough souls, he he becomes unstoppable unstoppable um, yeah and so we, we we get to see you know Tony Leo Leong show up and 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 Winwoo and the crew and the tin ring show up and Talo you know they they follow the water dragon markings up to to Talo and then we get the sweet fight between uh, Shang and 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 Wu. yeah and Winwoo kicks his ass because you know dad's always always win so right. uh, he does um, and it's kind of really the first time that we've seen we saw like Shang fighting Winwu when Winwu's using the the ten rings mm-hmm. completely, um, and and at this point he's not really accepting of the ten rings, so he doesn't try to to manipulate them like he does later in the film. But yeah. uh, the the whole point of that fight is to set up uh, Shang rising out of the ashes on the back of the the Great Protector. And at this point, I was like. This is just the most different Marvel movie yep. uh, than, than, than anything that we had ever and, seen. And when, we,
1: and when we say different, it is a 1,000% positive thing.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like, not in a negative way, but uh, I, I haven't seen any Marvel movies yet where mm-hmm. dudes are rising out of the water in, uh, on, the, on the back of a freaking water dragon. That's and the,
1: the movements yes. of this water dragon are incredible. It, it feels, you know, you, we've seen paintings and images and even cartoons and, you know, whatnot of water dragon Nothing is like what you see in this movie. Absolutely Not- nothing. Um, I thought it was cool that like the water dragons breath, like you, evi- like revitalized him when, in, when he was in the water. Cause I, I, at some point I started thinking like, all right, this dude's drowned. This dude's dead. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he can only survive so long without some air, and then as soon as I start thinking that, here comes the water dragon, and I'm like, boom, there we go. Thanks, Marvel.
0: Yeah, but yeah.
1: the uh, yeah, the water dragon comes up out of the out of the water as the some of the smaller soul suckers are wreaking havoc. Uh, we should also point out that all of these people have like dragon scale weapons, which I thought were pretty were pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that was um, yeah. It's I the only thing that, that could was, kill him.
1: Right, and then they find out. Yeah, it's the only thing that could kill them. Um, but I really like ling's weapon that she was using—that like uh, dragon scale dagger that's attached. I can't remember yeah. what the weapon itself was actually. They're, like called. sling
0: blade thing she had. Yeah, yeah, and it's
1: attached to like a long rope, and she's like slinging it around like a freaking badass. Um, but the, so the the dragon comes out, starts eating some of the some of the soul suckers. We see ling save the dragon from the soul suckers um, who start to overtake it a little bit, which is really cool um, because, like we said, you know. Shang chi is obviously doing some badass shit, but Zhai Ling's right there with him doing equally as badass shit the entire yep. time. Um, that's right. But while while all that's happening, um we get our our superhero face-off. You know, th- this is this is the this the, it becomes the Marvel the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh boss fight that we yep. come to expect from from these movies. Um, uh, and it is, a, it, and it's a phenomenal one. It's really cool. Yes. It's a CGI slugfest. Uh, th- I know there are people that count that as a negative, but guys, you, you know what you're getting when you get, when you're watching these movies now, and this is, this one's as good as they get.
0: Yeah. I mean, my only negative, you know, probably a little cheesy, uh, in terms of like saving the, the dragon from getting his soul sucked there, like right at the end. Uh, you know, and 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 stop and, you know the arrow through the throat. Satan, oh no, I was Soul. I was talking
1: about specifically about Wen Wu versus ah, Shang-Chi right yes.
0: there. Yeah. Yes. That so, fight. Yeah. Sorry, I jumped the gun fight. Oh no, you're good. We're that's gonna right.
1: get there though. We're yeah. gonna get there.
0: Yeah, I mean the, the second fight between Shang and Wen Wu was really important because that's the first time we really we really see Shang take on th- the Ten Rings right. like himself and manipulate them for himself. And it was uh, really
1: cool to see because he manipulates them in vastly different ways than when Wu ever did.
0: Right. Yeah. There's like, like it's almost like the, 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 the rings change colors based on the motivations, right? His, right. His rings are like goldy red yeah. yellow color. And, and when are purple, yeah. like dark and like dreary and evil, I'm glad um, and, you
1: said the color totally would have said blue. I'm
0: color yeah. black guys. Get off my back. Yeah. I I'd consider it. purple. I have no earthly clue and <laughs> I'm not going to guess. So, yeah, I mean that, that fight scene again, this just goes to the whole point that the, the choreography in that fight scene was unbelievable. Yep. The, and let's just talk about generally the interpretation on the 10 rings, right? It's completely mm-hmm. different from the comics.
1: Yeah, it's like not the, in uh, the
0: comics, they're just rings. Right. And, the, and
1: each one has a specific ability in the comics. Right. Which is not right. the case. Well, at least not yet, hasn't been explained to be the case. Maybe eventually as he masters them, maybe they do. But right. at this point, they seem it seems more like a like a physical thing than it does a magical thing. Obviously there is magic in, entwined in them. But like he they they are using them forcefully instead of like projecting fire, which is something that the original rings could do.
0: Right. Right. So you kind of get to see Shang start to manipulate them to his own doing. Mm-hmm. Um and and you know, eventually he gives them up, right? He like mm-hmm. he wins the fight. He doesn't want to fight his dad anymore. He's just trying to convince his dad that, you know, bomb's not back there because you you can't convince we at yep. this point. Um and 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 then finally, you know, you kind of see the interaction, and and to me, this is like one of the most satisfying. Like, I, I hated that that Win Woo dies, but right, uh, the interaction there at the end when he's getting his soul sucked away, and mm-hmm. he's looking at Sean, and and he's just, you can see that he's proud and he's happy, and it's like that's the whole point of this, yeah. Why he's such a convincing one actor, and then why the character so convincing, yeah, is because you can feel the motivation and mm-hmm. he still loves his son. And his whole point was to bring his family back together. And that was all he, he was trying to do. And he just failed at it. But like, yeah. he was still proud of, you know, what Shang had become. And so his death was not without, you know, in vain because, you know, he's going to be with, with, with his wife. And now he's turning over the power of the 10 rings to a, a worthy yeah. successor. Yeah.
1: Which is incredibly poetic, lovely, a great way to send off a character that at that point I didn't want to die. Right. Yeah, You know, you, you learn all those things. You don't want him to die. Um, but it, you know, obviously he does. Uh, Shung gets the rings, goes off with Jialing and the water dragon to fight the, uh, the King soul sucker. Um, which I keep forgetting the name of every single time. The dweller in darkness, There we dweller go. In darkness. Yeah, the dweller in darkness, I wish it had a cooler name. Whatever. We'll move on. Uh, I actually, I, I I know you had said uh, previously that that part of that gets a little cheesy. And, like, I get it and agree to an extent. But at the same time, these giant, over-the-top, ridiculous kaiju fights are embedded in the culture oh, yeah. that they were portraying. So like, yeah, on one hand, I'm like, okay, yeah, it is a little cheesy. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know, again, I get Godzilla is distinctly Japanese, not Chinese. But, you know, it, it calls to mind those types of films, right? Your giant monster movies, you know, uh, like Pacific Rim, you know, all of these all of these movies where, you know, where you get a kaiju up in this shit. Which, you know, is a little <laughs> Suicide Squad reference for everybody there. But I thought the Kaiju battle was a really cool way to, again, bring even in this giant CGI slam fest that it was at the end with incredible CGI, by the way.
0: 100%. Um, yeah. Beautiful.
1: I think it was a, a really cool way to um, uh, still continue to highlight the culture, even when you're having your giant MCU CGI filled slug fest that, that has to come with every MCU movie.
0: Yeah, so I'll just clarify. I don't. I didn't think the kaiju fight was cheesy. Mm-hmm. I always, I, I, always find these like timing things cheesy in my mind. Like, so like the fact the that bomb. she
1: could, the the fact that she could all of a sudden shoot an arrow like that, or the fact that he could all of a sudden work the the ten rings like that.
0: No, like none, none of that, bo- none of that bothered me. I okay, my cheesy the things that bother me that are cheesy are like, let's cut the wire with one second left to save oh, the world. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. like we had to get to the point where the, the soul is almost out of the dragon and then oh, it becomes progressively that, slower okay. and slower yeah. Yeah, and slower. And then the arrow comes through like, like just shoot the damn yeah. thing in the mouth. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> like
1: again, it's I, nothing that it's I will say for. in that damn scene, if Ling would have died, I probably would have lost my shit. Yeah. Like yeah. if he would have had to let her go again. And that bit, be- that have been like the, tr- the fu- like, We should also mention, like, before we talk about the finale here, Shang-Chi is a flawed dude. Yeah. He leaves his sister, who was already mistreated with him there. Imagine how she was treated when he was gone. Then we learn that he actually did murder the guy. Which, you know, it's hard to blame him for, right? The, The guy killed his mom. But at the same and time, you know a he's
0: fourteen year old, fourteen year old dude, right? Brainwashed, yeah.
1: like, like there is some darkness to Shang, to Shang that you don't see a lot in other Marvel heroes, and I can't wait for that to be explored even more. Like, and and that I, I think that scene before the battle when he admits that to Katie. And like her reaction to that, and like the way they that she looked at him, I think to me that was the biggest indication that there is something between the two of those characters. You know, maybe they never act on it, I don't really care what how it works out, but that scene right there was like quintessentially their relationship
0: to me, yeah. And 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 this movie isn't afraid to pull the punches, like this movie is darker than I clearly anticipated, and this is oh, all yeah. darker. Yeah. mcu movies that we've had like in terms mm-hmm. of you know just the grave nature of, of a lot of things that are going on in this movie and uh and and the and you know the death like dealing with death the pain the loss the tragedy the the anger the you know everything that goes in with losing a loved one and 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 the trauma of a, of an abusive parent and it, i mean it's a lot like it is it's not afraid to go there and it doesn't pull the yeah. punches. And I think that's another reason it makes it uh, the whole movie so successful. And, and yep. I'm hundred percent with you. They, like this is not uh Sean is not some, he's not a billionaire playboy uh, philanthropist. No. He's uh, <laughs> he's, he's broken. Um yeah. And, and, and this is kind of him building, building himself back.
1: Right. And he really, I mean, yeah, he triumphs, but he's not even completely fixed by the end of the movie. Right. You no. you get that. They don't tie this up, tie up the character neatly with a bow by the end of the movie. Um, but you know, speaking of darkness and death, we get, you know, Jialing almost dies. You know, we get that moment of, of Shang-Chi, you know, one of his first moments and, you know, to undo the wrongs that he did commit. Right. He tells her, you know, I'm not letting go again. Like that's not happening. Um, Saves her. I was super happy about that. Obviously, I really love that character. Um, and then he uh, just completely brutalizes uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the King Soul Sucker. Um, and I mean, and it's I'm I, I'm saying I'm pulling the punch when I say that because he shoves the rings into the into this beast, literally spins them in circles through this thing's body
0: and, and then rips them
1: out rips them out and makes the thing explode so yeah. um i think there all is all this no things get its
0: ass beat by the great protector. by the by the,
1: the damn dragon right yeah. <laughs> yeah and so there i don't i, I think that the it's safe to say we're done with the dweller in darkness um, yeah
0: he's he gone
1: but I think that that moment was really cool, and this is another thing that I was uh, that I heard during the podcast uh, with Brandon Davis and Destin Daniel Cretton and Simu Liu. Um, they were talking about how they when they filmed that, they really wanted Simu to focus on his past as he was doing those like spins, and so like when he was ta- like uh, Destin was talking about you know, as he spins, you can see him like literally contemplating his past. And he's working through those like things that he had just learned from his auntie. Right. And he is like, in that moment, he is accepting just like Michelle Yeo's character said, he is accepting his mother and his father in that exact moment. And because he accepts who he is, is how he can do that with the 10 rings right and if yeah. you think about it it makes p- perfect sense because at no point in his life did Wenwu ever truly accept who he was um, he was never fully the leader of the 10 rings he was never fully a devoted husband and father right those those things were always in conflict with each other so Wenwu would have never been able to do what Shang did there at the end with the rings um and I thought that was just such a cool explanation. And, and it makes you think about and watch the movie in this particular scene in general in a completely different way. Because when you're watching it, you know, the first time initially, you're thinking, oh, this is just a really cool, badass scene where Shang-Chi is freaking flying through the air, ripping the 10 rings through a dragon. But it's so much more than that.
0: Yeah. And that's what the whole movie is. I mean, really. Exactly. I mean, and that's why to me, again, I, I know that you took some points off here and there. I, I just, mm-hmm. there was nothing in this movie from start to jump that I was like, yeah, nope, that's a negative. I yep. mean, and that's why I had to give it a 10. I mean, mm-hmm. for them to do what they did, um, to kick off this phase of the MCU, which is yep. going to be a completely new phase
2: mm-hmm.
0: to, to introduce us to, you know, us ostensibly three new characters mm-hmm. that we're going to see down the line, um, over and over again,
1: i presumably, over,
0: yeah, i the cultural significance, the, 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 the immersion, mm-hmm. the, the acting, the choreography, the, the, the CGI for, you know, I'd say 99.9% of the movie. There's a couple right. of wonky shots, I think, but like, there's nothing in this movie that I was like, yeah, I, that, that mm-hmm. kind of took me out of it for a minute. And, mm-hmm. and that's, it, it's just, it's, you know, it's,
1: this, it's beautiful. The, the, the list of movies that I would give a 10 are, are incredibly sacred to me. I, I just don't think I could bring myself to give this one a 10 and get, besides the fact, you know, that I absolutely love this movie, but even the ones that I rank above it in the MCU, I don't think for me, I'm not sure if there is an MCU movie that is a 10, uh, just period for me. Um, even though I wholeheartedly love Marvel in the MCU. um, but this movie is going somewhere, right? Um, so we get our ending. We get the 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 dweller in darkness is now a dweller at the bottom of the lake. Um, <laughs> hey y'all, in pieces. Uh, rest in pieces. <laughs> um, they tie up the those loose ends there. They leave Talo, they go back and we get back to the bar with Shang and Katie. And Wong shows up and says, "You two, mofo's, let's go. We got shit to do." Um, and you know, right, right there—that's that's the beginning of you know of his involvement with the Avengers, right? Just right there.
0: Yep, hundred percent. And it's it leads into the post-credit scene, which I think has a little more. I don't know if weight's the right word, but I, I, there's a little more intrigue in that because
1: it's this one's difficult, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's not hundred percent clear. Like so basically what we, we learn is that the rings are a hundred bajillion years old. Okay. Like right. nobody knows anything about them. That's why you see Captain Marvel, Bruce, and and yes. and Wong, right? They're all experts in their own field. Like Bruce is the scientific and, and, expert, yes, Carol, the 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 space expert, and the alien tech expert. And then Wong is the, the mystic arts expert and And none of the three of them librarian. Yeah. And none of the three of them have any idea what the rings are. Um, and they they start start off the
1: movie with that, right? Yeah. Where they're explaining the legend of the 10 rings. And there is a, there are multiple theories about where the rings came from and nobody knows what, what is true and what is isn't.
0: Right. The only thing we know is that at some point the rings called out to something. Yep. Um, once Simu put them on, and that, which is
1: interesting. Why weren't they calling when Wenwu had them on for a thousand years?
0: I would imagine because the holder is evil, and now the holder is no longer evil. So uh, oh, it's also
1: like we were like we were talking about Shang Chi is doing something with them that Wenwu very clearly couldn't do. Right. So was the moment he killed the dweller in darkness. Was that the moment that the beacon was sent? Because that was the, f- you know, the first time in a thousand years that those rings utilize their true capabilities.
0: Right. Right.
1: But I, yeah. this, I, I love this post credit scene because this is the first time where I can't use the Marvel encyclopedia in my head to figure out what the hell's going on. No. Um, I have absolutely, I have no idea. I, and I, I could come up with theories, but because there is no inkling of an idea. I don't think it's fair to come up with theories because they're going to be wrong.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the obvious ones are, I've seen like that. There was calling to thing, fang Foom. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, that would, that would track. Um, I could see it calling to like, Kun lun, right. Like yeah. You know, then something like that, but
1: I've seen some, I've seen one theory I did enjoy. Um, and that was that the rings were created by Feistus. Okay, and they're calling to the Eternals.
0: That 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 would be fair.
1: I mean, they they look the part. If you look at some of the yeah structures that we see that Phaistos is building in these uh, Eternals trailers, um, maybe I don't. honestly, I honestly have no effing idea. But um,
0: yeah, I just don't know. Like, I feel like this is more of a long play. I do too. Than like turn around and answer it in Eternals.
1: Because the other thing, it it doesn't seem like there is any evidence to support that this is Kang-related.
0: No. No.
1: Which is super intriguing, because that's what every other thing we've been watching is pointing to, is Kang and the multiverse, and this doesn't point to that.
2: At least not that we can...
0: Sorry, I'm I'm yawning. (laughs) It's been a long day, guys. We're boring Uh, you. (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm boring myself. I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just not. Maybe it is, but it's it's not apparent to me, right? How this would be Kang related? So exactly,
1: which is just you know a whole nother question in and of itself. Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, that's
0: generally how I live my life.
1: Right. I mean, that's day to day for me. But you know, I I really don't have any theories. It's clear that uh, I, well, there are some other things we can talk about there. Um, Bruce is no longer the Hulk
0: right um, he's still got a, who, bu- hes still got a bum arm
1: but hes still got the bum arm from the infinity gauntlet so it's very clearly that the gamma radiation in that gauntlet has screwed up um Bruce in some way um I'm interested to see why all of a sudden the Hulk and Bruce are no longer one um that would be that that's an interesting storyline that Uh, Which was really funny during this podcast because one of the other moderators, not Brandon Davis, asked during the podcast um, if we were ever going to get answers. And Simu, very smart ass and hilariously answered, well, I'm pretty sure there's a show coming out very soon about a bunch of green characters where, you know, that might obviously be answered in that show.
0: And for those that aren't picking our drift, that that would be She-Hulk.
1: That would be She-Hulk, yes in which we are getting Tat- Tatiana Maslany as Jennifer. We are getting uh, Mark Ruffalo as Bruce and we are getting Tim Roth back as the abomination, all three of them in that show. Um, I've also wondered how they're, what the budget is like for that show. Cause that's a hell of a lot of CGI for that, for that <laughs> show compared that's to the true. other shows so far. All
0: right. Like um, shorter episodes. Right.
1: Uh, you know, Anyway, so we get to see we see Bruce there, but we also see Captain Marvel, um, and there's not as much like going on with her there, it, except for the fact that she is very clearly called away yep. um, for something, um, and they are filming uh, or about to film um, the Marvels. So uh, I think Brie Larson has been posting a bunch of a bunch of photos lately, and she looks absolutely freaking shredded right now. Uh, she's got abs for days. So captain Marvel's getting ready to kick some ass. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's the next step for her. And then of of course we have Wong there as well, which I think is another interesting thing because we've got these incredibly powerful rings, right? We have no earthly clue what the origin of these incredibly powerful rings is. And we have Wong, there and not the Sorcerer Supreme.
0: Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where Multiverse of Madness fits in relation to this movie, right? Or, or, or no way home. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Because it's very clear that that's where Wong is going in the no way home trailer is to, you know, it it seems like a, a mighty coincidence for him to be leaving like he's going to a fighting arena where he's going to train the abomination. Right. Right. I don't, so, know.
0: I mean, that makes the logical sense to me.
1: Right. So we have, you know, again, Wong there, um, instead of Dr. Strange. Uh, and I thought that that was interesting because you would think Dr. Strange would be very interested in these things that he knows he, he has no knowledge of.
0: And then we cap it off with the most epic scene, Maybe in Marvel Cinematic Universe history, with Aquafina, <laughs> with Aquafina Sh- Simu and, and and Wong in the karaoke bar singing Hotel California, and that's why <laughs> this this podcast is called <laughs> The Legend of the Hotel California. So you're welcome, America.
1: All right. Well, that pretty much sums up Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, I guess we can leave it with. Where do you think Shang Chi goes next in the Marvel Cinematic Universe?
0: Yeah, this is are, actually are a you, good question
1: because, yeah. like,
0: you know, you're looking at the slate, right? Eternals mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't think. No, he You've got yeah, too much. I, going I mean, because that
1: movie was supposed to come out first, anyway.
0: You're right. Yep. And then No Way Home. You're already overloaded. You're not putting him in there. Yes. Um, Love and Thunder. No. Multiverse I would say of no to Madness. That. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I think that's but probably. I think up, that's
1: a very light maybe for me.
0: Yeah. I think of all the movies that we know are coming, that's probably the best bet. Now, what we do know yeah. is that Marvel put out, what, four Bingo. or five additional slots. Yes. Um, and we're going to have one year with five Marvel movies in it, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a joyous occasion. So, Oh, my God. It's going to be what, great what that would lead me to believe is one of those is Shang-Chi 2. Um, right. One of those is Deadpool. One of those is yep. blade. And one of them is yep. fantastic Four.
1: Yes. I mean, that's, that's um, just where we are.
0: Yeah. So, so, was- so I
1: guess the, the big, I think the big question for me is, will we see him as in an ensemble first or in his own sequel first? I, I don't I, know if that ensemble is agents of Atlas. I don't know if that ensemble is Avengers five. You know, I'd have no idea. But do you think we get his sequel? Yes. Or, or is he going to be part of a team? Because they, I mean, they're putting that front page on every single TV spot for this thing. It's you know, say hello to Marvel's newest Avenger. Like they're straight saying that. Yeah. So it's just- very clearly he will be a member of the team. Period.
0: I just, I just don't, don't see anything on the. I don't see anything on the slate that would lend itself to that right now. So right. I'm gonna go I don't think they're
1: ready for it yet. No. Even two no. years from now, I don't think they're ready for it.
0: No, I, I I don't think we'll see Avengers until
1: 24, 25, 25, 26, I would think. Yeah.
0: Um
1: they've got so, so much going on.
0: Yeah, and you've got to kind of reestablish the the framework here, right? Like mm-hmm you know you've got to kind of reestablish some avengers you you're you're introducing new characters Yeah, i would imagine we're going to lose a couple more yes but the guardians Look, like james gunns already told us to have like the guardians are all going to die basically so yep. like um yeah i mean i think we we've got some time here i think i think we see shang chi 2 before we see uh, mm-hmm. him in an ensemble but that's that's so just speculation do
1: you yeah do you think shang chi 2 will be Purely Shang Chi, or do you think in mm. Shang Chi too is agents of Atlas?
0: Now that uh, that's reasonable.
1: yeah. Kevin Feige has been very—I wouldn't even say non-committal. He has straight hinted at the fact that that team is coming. That, he, that, uh, he that is, would make the most very sense. very openly. To me. He's very openly a fan of that comic, specifically.
0: And, and we've well. seen this with Captain America too. They're not afraid to pull ensembles and exactly and, 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 and yeah. individual character movies. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think of the possibilities. That's probably the one that I would, if I had to. Yeah. If if I were a betting person, and mm-hmm. if if betting was legal in Ohio, I would be a degenerate. But uh, <laughs> that would be my where my money sits.
1: Yeah. Well, because you you already have Jimmy out there who leads the my guy who who runs the team. I don't know if he he doesn't necessarily lead it, but he does. He is like their liaison. We still Um, know
0: X-Files, Jimmy Woo, man.
1: I 1000% agree, but you know, Sean will very, will probably lead the team, but there are so many great new Asian characters that they've created just in the last three, four years at Marvel that are absolutely great characters. If none of you have read agents of Atlas, please go read it. It's very good. Um, it started as part of the World War of the Realms Thor event a couple years ago, um, and then it built into its own series. Um, there are some really cool characters. Uh, one of which is called Arrow, which I and it's A E R O. It's a very cool character. There's a South Pacific, um, like a South Pacific Asian uh, hero that's very that's like water focused. That's incredibly uh, that's incredibly cool. Um, there's a, a, like a younger character who has like this connection to this, like bear spirit. That's really cool. I mean, it, it's, it's a very, very interesting team with a bunch of really cool characters that have really cool powers. So I, I want to see that soon.
0: Makes sense to me. Sign me up. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Absolutely. So I know we usually like to end with, you know, we talk, we, we, for all these other movies, we've been ending with, you know, the implications, but you know, Shang Chi is tied up pretty tightly um, with things that we can't really guess. What's um,
0: implication mean? What's implication mean?
1: But our, you know, our next, our next uh, MCU. Uh, I mean, we're we're still getting what if we'll get we'll give you those short reviews and our deep dive on what if once the season's over. Um, we it's it's very hot. This season seems to be very hot and cold for the both of us. Um, but we won't have any more Marvel until November with Hawkeye, which we talked about the trailer uh, earlier this week. It looks great, but that, that show outside of the young Avengers that is, you know, the worst kept secret in all of (laughs) Marvel studios, um, outside of that property, I don't think that that's going to connect to the greater MCU proper outside of Kate Bishop being a young Avenger um, and the presence of Florence Pugh at some point. Um, But then, you know, our next, we, we are not going to get more information on the greater MCU until December uh, with Mm -hmm. multiverse of, or uh, Jesus, uh, no way home. What am I missing? Eternals. Oh shit. Jesus. (laughs) There's so much good Marvel. Yeah. Eternals. Right. 100% Ian, you're an idiot. Uh, yeah. So that's, our, that's our next big universe, uh, thing. And Chloe Zhao actually today or yesterday came out and said, um, that she believes the, the, that her movie does rock the world of the MCU in a bit. So and
0: as it should, anybody that's, fan of yeah. Eternals, you know, that should be
1: the, earth. They are universe changing beings. So, yep. um, and there are multiple there, there, there are multiples of them. So, uh, when you have a number of characters that can change the MCU on their own, um, I think it's safe to say that a team of them is going to change the MCU moving <laughs> forward.
0: Uh, that's
1: right. Let alone, I swear to God, if he if Kit Harrington doesn't pick up the sword in this movie, I'm going to light something on fire. He
0: he did he did say that he he has a long Marvel future ahead of him, so that's that's good.
1: Hell yes. For those of you who don't know, he's playing the Black Knight. Well the character that becomes the black knight who is a badass character despite the fact that he looks weird in a suit of armor fighting with superheroes um he is a he is a really cool character with and his sword is incredibly meaningful to the marvel universe as a whole so
0: hopefully we'll keep you I, I we'll really keep you up on that. all that as we get closer though don't you as worry as we get closer yes don't you um, worry
1: we should I, I guess we should point out where we aren't getting any more trailers for that though
0: we are not yeah which is
1: perfectly fine with me they summed it up with an excellent trailer um we've got a couple months to wait um shang chi has has basically secured that that movie is not going to move unless something catastrophic happens go get vaccinated everybody bingo um other than that i don't think i have anything else do you Tanner?
0: i don't uh, other than if if you guys listen to this and haven't seen the movie Seriously, go see the movie. It's so yeah. Seriously, go see so so good. And if you've only seen it once and you're listening to this, go see it twice. Go see. I'll it probably twice. see it thrice at least. I w- so, and then and then I will
1: also purchase it on bingo. Disney Plus um, here in a, in a few weeks.
0: Yeah. So, as always, if let us know what you guys thought uh, of the show. If you want to hit us up or you want us to review anything else, hit us up at Nerdworthy on uh, Twitter and and Instagram. We're always happy to hear from. From everyone, uh, you'll hear this probably on Friday. So we hope you guys have a great weekend. Don't work too much, like unlike us, because we, you know we never stop. Yeah, uh, We definitely will. We appreciate you guys hanging out on one of our shorter shows.
1: <laughs> yeah, hour and forty minutes, cutting it real <laughs> tight.
0: All right. Well, from <laughs> us at New and Nerdway, this is Tanner.
1: This is Ian. Have a great night, everybody.